When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Hackers. This movie came out in 1995, and I ended up revisiting this movie recently on Amazon Prime. So if you haven't seen Hackers or don't know what this film is about, you're about to be introduced into a 1995 flavor film. And does this movie need to be rebooted or does it not need to be rebooted? We're going to be talking about that. Then, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Like I said, this is the third film out of The Conjuring franchise, and it's actually not going to have James Wan attached to this film to be the director for the third Conjuring movie. So, and not only that, but they're also breaking away from certain things that they actually did in the first two Conjuring films. Is this risk going to pay off, or is it not, or is not going to pay off? That is the big question, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about that in a few minutes. Then the Batman shuts down production because of the coronavirus. The Bat Signal has actually decided to go ahead and shut down production for a little bit up until a certain point whenever they decide that it's actually safe for them to work on the Batman film. I'm going to be talking about that. Then Patty Jenkins says no to Thor The Dark World. If you don't know what Thor The Dark World is, it's actually the second film with the Thor, Thor franchise with the MCU. And Patty Jenkins, the one, the one director who ended up directing Wonder Woman and the movie Monster. She said no to Thor The Dark World over creative differences. We're going to find out what those differences were during that time. And then James Wan's Malignant. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but I'm going to be talking about the fact that that movie got removed from the release schedule, which was a movie that I was actually looking forward to. And because of that, and because of the coronavirus and stuff like that, they decided to yank it and save it for another year. So, let's go on ahead and talk about Hackers for a minute. And before I get into that, I want to go ahead and apologize to all my fans and everything, all my followers. I know I haven't been posting that many much movie news or anything like that on my Facebook page or anything like that. And it's not because I'm lazy or anything. It's just that it's hard to actually find topics right now. Whereas revolving movies... And the fact that everything is canceled at this moment. So I'm actually finding, trying to find material, trying to find stuff to where I can actually talk about. Because here's the thing. I love talking about movies. I love interacting with everybody. It's just that right now, it's just a hard thing to do. And then, not only that, even with my podcast and stuff like that, I know it's been kind of spotty here and there. And I was actually going to do a podcast episode Tuesday, but the AC went out. And a matter of fact... And we just now got our AC fixed. So there's that issue that happened. And another thing too is I've been sweaty and everything else like like crazy because how hot it is down here. It's like 86 degrees inside the house. And I had to go ahead and have a bunch of fan, uh, fans and stuff like that blowing and things like that. So... I only had a couple of hours of sleep because I couldn't sleep because of how hot and humid it is down here. So I just want to come out and just apologize to you guys for not being able to put on a show like I wanted to. But hey, I'm back. I'm here to do this. So let's go ahead again with the movie Hackers. Now, this movie came out in 1995 and it had this kid who ended up hacking 
a Gibson computer. Well, not a Gibson computer, but he had some type of government computer at age nine. And he went by the name of Crash Override. And so anyways, he was sentenced to not even touch a computer until his 18th birthday. And lo and behold, a couple of years later happens. He becomes 18. He winds up getting a computer. Gets his hands on it. And he starts hacking all over again. Angelina Jolie's in this movie. And not only that. But T-Bird himself is in this movie too. From The Crow. He's in this movie. Then you also have one of the guys from Scream in it. I, I forgot who the actor's name is. But he's actually one of my favorite actors. And everything else. Because he's a huge sweaty when it comes down to Dungeons and Dragons. But. This movie is one of those movies where there's cheesiness to it. And basically, what I mean by cheesiness, if you look at the dialogue and the way this movie actually flows, you can definitely tell this is actually a 90s-based movie. And here's the thing. Back in the 90s, we would we thought that we could actually hack just about anything as long as we had a floppy disk drive. As long as we had a floppy disk drive, we felt like we were it. we felt like we were the IT of Hacking, pretty much. But there's a lot more stuff to it. Not only that, but there's even a scene in the movie where somebody put inserts a quarter into the payphone. He winds up uh, recording the t- uh, the dial pad on the on the payphone, and then he gets his money back. But nowadays, there's no payphones at all. Everything is is digital. Not only is it digital now, but we have cell phones now. So therefore. There's no need to even have that kind of technology anymore to act, to do that because there is no payphones anymore. Those things are extinct. So therefore, I would have to say there's that. There's the floppy disk issue that I was talking about. Floppy disk is no longer a thing anymore. We have flash drives now. We have other ways of actually saving information and stuff like that onto something else, other data. And... Floppy disk is not even a thing anymore. And then, of course, your, there's your IP addresses. There's other stuff that they can actually do if they chose to reboot this movie. I'm not saying they are or anything like that. But I would like to actually see a modern-day hackers movie. I would actually pay money to go see that. And then there's also another thing, too, where whenever things unfold in this movie, where, you know, the, the kids go on ahead. They hack into this. One of the kids winds up hacking into a Gibson computer and basically, he winds up getting a garbage file. And the garbage file contained a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. But so it was to be one of the miscellaneous stuff was actually someone else's money that they were actually stealing from another company. Then that company, the, the guy who he's actually trying to steal money from, winds up trying to frame the hackers for hacking into something they didn't even hack into. All that he wanted was his money back. And that's the whole entire reason why that he's even going after these hackers. But it's a very suspenseful movie. It has a lot of fun to it. And not only that, but there was just that feel of, like, you can get away with just about anything because of the fact that, you know, during that time, there was no cell phones. There was nothing else out there that you can actually use other than a laptop. And back then, laptops were actually catch, for, was actually first catching on to be this big old huge thing. Not only that, but the internet was actually another way of actually accessing stuff too. And there was no Wi-Fi. Everything was dial-up and stuff like that. So, you know, I would, like I said, I would like to see a more recent version of Hackers. Because, come on, I love the movie Hackers. I love what they actually did with the movie during that time. 
the humor, the whole entire thing actually worked for its time. But you have to admit, some of it is really outdated to the point where it needs to be rebooted. And for them to have a a fresh flavor to it, I'm all for it. For they decided to do that. But Hackers will always be one of my favorite movies of the 90s. And not only that, but the guy from Scream, my favorite part is, Hack the Planet. That's my favorite line in that whole entire thing. And then there's one part where the main character winds up hacking into the school's computer so he can be with Angelina Jolie's character. And... You know, they're writing down different quotes and stuff like that in literature class. And then the guy from Scream winds up saying, uh, winds up doing an Ozzy Osbourne quote. Uh, The only thing I miss is my mind the most. And the teacher calls him out on it and goes, you're not in my class. And he goes, wait, this is not witch up class? That part right there made me bust out laughing because of the fact that, you know, there was like a lot of joking, a lot of laughter with... That one scene. And you can even probably relate to something like that. To where you'd want to do a prank on your teacher. And then who doesn't want to be with their high school crush. To the point where they want to actually put themselves. In their own classes and everything. And yes it's kind of stockish. It's very stockish. If you think about it now. And things like that. But during that time and everything. we People didn't really think about all that stuff. They tried to write the best movie that they could do and then also direct the best movie that they can do and try and get the best out of their actors or actresses for that time. But Hackers is one of my favorite movies. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend that you guys actually check it out. It's on Hulu right now. It's streaming. So check that out. So let's go on ahead and talk about The Conjuring 3. The Devil Made Me Do It. Now, like I said, I love the first two Conjuring films. And I liked it because of the fact that James Wan, the guy who made the Saw movies, uh, and he also made a couple of other horror films. And James Wan actually knows how to make a horror film. He doesn't use music to tell you if something scary is coming or not, or anything like that. There's no background music at all. There's an airy creepiness and airy steeriness to the point where you can actually feel the emotion of the character whenever they're going through the house. And you're you're zoomed in on this character because of the fact that you care about the characters and the motivation of why that character is doing a certain thing in the movie. And then all of a sudden there comes that scare, but it's not a cheap jump scare or anything like that. It's just there to give you a little bit of tension. And it's a slow build. Each Conjuring movie had a slow build to it, unlike the spinoff movies, which is filled with cheap jump scares to me in a very paint-by-the-numbers type of film. But when you look at the first two Conjuring films, James Wan actually knows how to grab us. He he actually knows how to make us care about the characters in each film. Not only that, but, you know, like I said, no background noises, nothing like that to let us know that what's going on. No music, no score or anything. It's just straight up looking and seeing what this what the characters are doing. And then once that tension is let go, it's let go at full force. James Wan knows what to do. But now James Wan is not attached to direct this, which I'm okay with. They're also breaking away from the whole entire haunted house type of theme where the where they wind up where the main characters wind up going to different haunted houses and things like that. Now it seems like the Warrens are actually going to the pr- going to prison this time. And no, they're not being arrested for any paranormal stuff or anything like that. They're trying to help somebody 
to prove that they weren't the ones that killed somebody, but the devil made them do it. And we hear this all the time. We hear this in the news reports and stuff like that. It wasn't me. The devil made me do it. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're in your, your own mind and everything. You know what you did. Own up to the fact that you made a mistake. You're a scumbag. But with this movie, though, it's actually pretty neat. I'm glad that they're actually going this route because it's something that hasn't been done in the Conjuring franchise at all to actually prove somebody's innocence because of the fact that they think that the devil made them do it. And I would love to actually see a twist on this film where, you know, there is ghosts and ghouls and all that other stuff. And, you know, the Warners are over there doing their thing and their investigations. I'm hoping that there's some type of plot twist to where maybe the character did do it and he blacked out or something. Or he has a split personality disorder that doesn't get revealed until like later on in the movie or something. I know it's been done before, but it's just certain ways of maybe how they do it. But it just makes me curious as to how they're going to do this, how they're going to represent what they're doing with this third French franchise. Well, third movie out of the franchise and everything. And, you know, I actually love seeing these Conjuring films. I love the first two films. I'm not a... Here's the thing. I don't like the spinoff films. I just want to focus on the main Conjuring films because I believe those are the best horror films that you can actually go through to watch. But, you know, I'm going to be there opening day to see this movie. I'm actually excited whenever it does get released, if it even does see the light of day or if it gets a digital release, I'm still going to see this movie. So, there's that. Uh, Another thing, too, is... I want to talk about was the Batman. It actually got shut down. The production got shut down of shooting. And Matt Reeves himself said that, you know, he wasn't going to stop production unless the studios told him that, you know, the coronavirus and stuff like that, or if it affected his crew, unless the studios told him, hey, look, you need to shut down production. And as it turned out, you know, the studios told him, hey, look, you need to go in here and shut down because of the coronavirus. And I think he was even going to be shutting it down for like two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, because I remember seeing another report where he shut down production for two weeks. And then I think he went on ahead and amped it right back up again. And then now it's actually shut down once again. And it just sucks that, you know, so much thought, so much energy has been put into these writers. And Matt Reeves is one of the people that actually wrote the new Batman movie, and it just sucks that this virus has just been one of those epic epidemics where it just sucks for everybody. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. We can't see our friends. We're isolated from everyone. And, you know, and movies used to be one of our things where we can actually escape from all the BS that goes around in this world. And now the theaters are actually closed down. And I would love to see this new Batman movie. And, and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie gets pushed back even further now. Because I know it was supposed to come out last year. But, ne- I mean, next year. But, I'm not going to be surprised sooner or later they say, Hey, look, the Batman's going to be pushed back to even more of a later date. And everything, which I'm totally fine with. Just take your time. Make the Batman movie the best movie that you can actually make. And go on from there. Because, you know, everybody's excited about what this new Matt Reeves movie is going to look like. I'm one of those people. I'm a huge Batman fan. And I here's the thing. I'm still questionable, like I said before, with 
getting Robert Pattinson as Batman. But as for the look, as for the Batmobile, as for everything that I wanted as a year one type Batman, I'm sold on. I'm sold on who's playing Commissioner Gordon. I love the casting choice. I love everything about this film and development and everything. It just sucks with the coronavirus on what's happening. And we just have to wait and see what uh, when this is actually going to happen. Uh, if the production is actually going to come back again or not. But, like I said, I'm a, pa- I'm a patient person. So tell me, tell me what you guys have to say about that. Um, now I'm going to go on ahead and get into the whole Patty Jenkins thing. And, you know, like I said, she turned down Thor... The Dark World because of creative differences. And during that time, this is what she said. This is actually what she said recently about it. Was the one time in my career where I really felt like do this with another director. And it's not going to be a big deal. And maybe they'll understand it and love it more than I do. You can't do movies you don't believe in. The only reason to do it would be to prove to people that I could. But it wouldn't have proved anything if I didn't succeed. I didn't think that I would have forgotten, would have gotten any, uh, got another chance. And so I'm super grateful. And that's what I love about Patty Jenkins is the fact that she's passionate about what she does. She cares about what she does. She wants to sign on to a project that she knows that she's going to be good at, not something that she has to prove time and time again that she can actually do something. We saw what she can do with Wonder Woman. She's good with giving us good fantasy um, fantasy type movies where she blends in with comedy and fantasy and she actually knows what she's doing about the, with the characters. She cares about the characters and the motivation behind the characters. Wonder Woman was one of my favorite movies that came out and I'm a huge DC and Marvel fan and for her to actually adapt Wonder Woman onto the big screen and for us to get the first look of Diane on the big screen, she actually did it beautifully. Not only that, but she's also very talented when it comes to other movies. I remember watching the movie Monster. And Monster is actually based off of a true story. It has Christina Ricci in it. And basically, it's about this prostitute who winds up sleeping with men. And then she winds up killing them. She winds up falling in love with the girl that's actually a teenager on the run. Or, you know, she just doesn't like what her parents are doing to her or whatever. So she winds up running away. She winds up... With this person that's actually killing guys and, and everything else for money. So, there's that. Patty Jenkins is a great director. If you haven't seen Monster, I recommend that movie as well. But when you come down to the details, when you come down to how Patty Jenkins delivers the movies and how she actually cares about the characters and how she cares about getting the best out of her actors and actresses, she's very spot on to detail. And... You know, I, I'm glad that she actually passed on Thor The Dark World. And I'm going to have to say this. I'm actually one of the few that actually appreciates Thor The Dark World. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it had its moments of not being that great. But it's nowhere on the level of what Iron Man 2 was. I thought that Thor The Dark World did a better job at storytelling. It did a better job at the motivation with the characters. I thought that, you know, it was a good movie. I had a blast going to see it. I didn't feel like I need to go out and buy the movie or anything like that. I thought it was fine for a one-time watch because I actually had fun with it, but not enough to where I wanted to go out and buy the movie. And Patty Jenkins, she actually knows what she's doing when it comes down to movies and stuff like that, too. Like I said, she wants to feel passionate. She wants to feel like that she doesn't have to keep proving herself time and time again. Yeah, she can do them, but she doesn't need to do them or anything like that. That's the whole point. 
And like I said, if you haven't seen Monster, if you haven't seen that movie, go ahead and check it out. It's based off of a true story. And I think that you guys might end up liking it. So there's that. So my final topic that I really wanted to talk about was James Wan. Mel, uh, Mel, Mel, and here's the thing. I can't even say the freaking word. It's M-A-L-I-G-N-A-N-T. Malignant. That's that's the best I can do. Okay, Hooked on Phonics didn't work for me as a kid, despite what the commercial says. <laughs> so, anyways, this movie is actually a movie that I couldn't wait. James Wan is directing this. As a matter of fact, that's also why he's not directing... Um, matter of fact, that's also why he's not directing the third Conjuring movie, because he was tied up with this film. And you know what? This is what he had to say. Um... Plot details are currently being kept under wraps, but this is what he said. This is what James Wan said. I'm super excited to go back to my indie roots with uh, with this hard R thriller, an original horror idea, not a reboot or a remake or anything based on existing IP with old school, with old school practical effects and no giant blue screen sets. That's all I'll say for now. So this allows me to think that He's done with the whole entire green screen thing for right now. He wanted to do something that was a lot more independent and do something a little bit smaller like he did with Saw. Saw, I think, was like a $6 million movie and it made over, I forgot how much money that movie actually made, but I know it made bank. But for him to say, hey, look, I want to step back from the green screens and the special effects. I want to do something more practical. I like the fact that he wants to do something more practical. I like the fact that he's still giving us a little bit of an Easter egg as to what this movie's going to be about. But also not revealing too much. Because I feel like when directors go into a press junket or an interview, they let out too much details. All you got to do is just say, this is what the movie's about. Just give a small synopsis of what the movie's going to be about. But not a lot to where it's on spoiler territory to the point where we're not going to be excited about it. But the way he actually describes it and everything, it makes me excited about it. It kind of has this uh, Wes Craven kind of feel to it where they're doing practical effects versus doing something that's actually part of a green screen and special effects. So, hey, I'm sold. Anything that James Wan does, look what he did with Aquaman. He blended that movie in perfectly as well. Whenever you look at, uh, yes, it was done on a green screen, but he blends horror and also fantasy. That's also what he did with Aquaman. He did that very well. He did. He knows how to do horror so good to the point where I have to say that he's not on Wes Craven's level yet. But, you know, he's right there on borderline for me to where I can actually say he is one of the best directors to direct a horror film. So, you know, I I can't wait until I actually see what this film's going to look like. I can't wait until I see what they're actually going to do. But right now, they actually pulled the release date because of the fact with this corona stuff. But just that little bit of a tip of the hat of, not, of giving us that little taste, it makes me all that more excited. So... What do you guys think about that piece of news that I just dropped on your lap? But that's all I pretty much have time for right now and everything. But I'm going to come back probably tomorrow and talk about some more stuff as I discover uh, some new movie news articles or some other things. But I know I'm going to probably have one of my friends with me. She ended up watching a whole entire 
catalog of nothing but Keanu Reeves movies. So I think we're going to probably do our bet the best movies of Keanu Reeves tomorrow. So stick around for that. I'm going to have to check with her if we're going to be doing that tomorrow or we're going to be doing that on Friday. But either way it goes, I'm still excited for that. We're still going to have a show. Once again, I'm sorry for the delay of not ha- uh, not posting anything for a while. Like I said, I ended up having to go to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning on both days because of the fact that I was just pouring down with sweat because I was just so hot and uncomfortable. So I just want to apologize again. So until next time, bye-bye.